On this edition of Defending the Kingdom, we'll jump back in National Football League history to one of the most famous clips of NFL Films lore. That is Vince Lombardi yelling, what in the H is going on out there? What's going on in the National Football League? There's a resurgence of defense. And leading the way are the Kansas City Chiefs of 2023 after the first six weeks of the season. We're going to have Trent McDuffie, one of the top-rated cornerbacks in all the NFL, later on in the episode. And Defending the Kingdom, of course, is brought to you by Ticketmaster. Shotgun snap. Caught near side. Touchdown, Kansas City. Kadarius Toney on the quick out. And the Chiefs finally break down the door and take some nectar. And hello, everybody. I'm Mitch Holtis, voice of the Chiefs, along with senior team reporter Matt McMullen. You know the clip I'm talking about. Oh, yeah. Vince Lombardi going, what in the H is going on out there? Let's talk about defense here for a second, <laughs> right? Here's the scores from last weekend. 17 to 10, 22 to 19, 14 to 9, 17 to 13, 19 to 17, 19 to 8, that sound familiar, and 19 to 13. It's not 54-51. It's kind of interesting to see what's happening right now in the first six weeks of the National Football League. A lot of good defense in the NFL right now. And just looking at this past weekend's games, how about the New York Jets without DJ Reed, without Sauce Gardner, beating the Eagles and picking off Jalen Hurts three times. A lot of good defense in the NFL right now. And we're fortunate that we have maybe the best defense in the NFL right now uh, in the Kansas City Chiefs. Coach Reed talked about it. In fact, one of the fun things to do uh, I do a show called The Chiefs Kingdom on the Chiefs Radio Network on Monday nights. And what's great about that, it's like a fireside chat with him. It's not a news conference where he's, you know, getting peppered with questions. It's like we're just sitting down with him and he'll talk about a variety of topics. And he talked about it. He just said it's a cyclical thing. But he goes, right now, defenses, as far as personnel and as far as being creative, defenses are answering the creativity of the offense we've seen in the league with creativity of their own. And I think we saw it really begin a couple of years ago when offenses were really exploding and the Chiefs were leading the way in that as well. And we started seeing a lot of these safeties that were like 20 yards back. Like you're not going to beat us over the top. You're going to have to march down the field. And the Chiefs kind of worked through that offensively. I think the rest of the league is was slower to adjust to that because you're th seeing a lot of those shell coverages across the NFL now. And then you can build stuff on top of that, like exotic blitz packages. Uh, how do you attack the offense? And there's a lot of good defensive players in the league uh, at the moment, to be honest. And once again, the Chiefs have a bunch of them right now. Not very often do you see a defense that has so many good players at every level. And the Chiefs right now at all three levels are just so solid, and there's so much depth. Uh, you look at the linebacker core, adding a guy like Drew Tranquil in the offseason. In years past, losing a player like Nick Bolton would be critical, like detrimental to the defense. But Drew Tranquil steps right in, plays great for Kansas City because he's a starting linebacker in the NFL, and the Chiefs defense doesn't miss a beat. The defensive line has been very impressive. We've seen young players like George Karloftis really grow throughout this season. And of course, the secondary, we'll talk about them uh, when Trent comes on in a little bit. But how about Charles Amenihu also joining this defense here this week now that his suspension is all finished up? He's a player who I thought might be like the second best pass rusher on this team, and you're adding him here in week seven. It's very exciting stuff. I'm going to add an adjective, too, to this Chiefs defense, which is also part of kind of the trend in the National Football League, and that is versatility. When you see Mike Dana can play the edge on the outside, but he's a very effective inside pass rusher, Amenahue can do the same thing. We saw it during the spring and at training camp. 
you look at a Felix Anudike Uzama. He can do the same thing. George Karlathis. So there's your guys up front. Now, Chris Jones can go from inside to outside. He can play outside the tackle shoulder. We've seen him be effective in both ways. Then the linebacking core. You mentioned Drew Tranquil. We saw Tranquil and Nick Bolton together. It wasn't one replacing the other. It was together. And then you throw in a mix and match with Leo Chennault and Willie Gay Jr. And uh, those guys are having great years. And we mentioned the secondary. And again, we're going to have Trent McDuffie on here. And we're going to talk to him about that very thing. But now all of a sudden, whether it's this week's quarterback and Justin Herbert or any quarterback in the succeeding weeks, not only are you seeing a jillion schemes, you're seeing guys in different places. Because many times I've got to identify the Mike Backer. I'm going to tell all my well, well, who is the Mike Backer now? Is it 23? Is it 32? Or and look, what am I, what's Wise 94 sitting here staring at me, you know, five feet from me? I mean, <laughs> it's it's really interesting what the Chiefs are doing. And it's somewhat revolutionary. Yeah, and it's been so effective this year. I think of some of the offenses the Chiefs have faced this season. So in week one, the Detroit Lions, one of the best offenses in the NFL, you hold them to 14 offensive points. Think about even Denver last week. I understand that the Broncos offense wasn't very good last season, so we kind of just think they're still not very good. But that was the number 10 scoring offense in the NFL coming in. Russell Wilson had, I think, like 11 touchdown passes, just two picks. The Broncos don't score until about five minutes remained in the fourth quarter. And it uh, took a remarkable play to do it. Exactly. That was an awesome play by Cortland Sutton. And also some penalties involved. Yep. Like, So this defense has been so good. Even just a couple weeks ago against the Vikings, hold Justin Jefferson to like 23 receiving yards, the best wide receiver on the planet. So, yeah, this defense is legit. It's been so much fun to watch. Right now, if you look at just scoring defense, so it includes things like the pick six and the Lions game. It's not really fair. It just adds in all the points. The Chiefs are only allowing 14.7 points per game. Second best in the NFL behind only San Francisco. They're allowing 14.5 points per game. And you mentioned this previously. The Chiefs are the only team in the NFL to hold the opposition under 22 total points and 21 offensive points in every game this season, all six games. Not San Francisco, not Buffalo, not Cleveland, none of these other teams. They've all had like an off day. The Chiefs have not had an off day the entire season defensively. Now let's keep it rolling here against the Chargers. Just think of this. Just take a second. The Kansas City Chiefs, after six weeks of the 2023 season, are number one in the NFL in offensive points allowed of all of the teams that have played six weeks and not had a bye. Just let that soak in for a second. The other thing to soak in, and you and I are both nerds. Okay, everybody knows that now throughout Big time, the yes. uh, kingdom. And we didn't do around the world, by the way. we got to get oh, to we, that in we a still second. got that. Don't worry. Okay, let's jump in there. But, but we were kind of nerded out when the Chiefs were able to get Trent McDuffie last year in the 2022 draft. Oh, yeah. We're thinking, what? He dropped to 21? And the, well, the Chiefs were able to go up to get him. But now we realize we're getting so much more than we thought. So when we do the first round of the draft every year, Mitch and I do like a live stream. So we're reacting to the pick live with everybody else. We don't get any lead time. We just hear who the pick is and we better know who it is and because we're going to talk about them. We better have done our research, right? And every year I do like all of these one sheeters with like five or six bullet points on potential players that we could take. And back uh, in the year that we got Trent, Trent was the very last one-sheeter I made because I thought there was no chance that Trent McDuffie was falling all the way to us, which back then I think we had the 30th overall pick, a 31st overall pick, and uh, we traded up, so that's part of why we got him. But I was just killing time on the morning of the draft, just sitting there twiddling my thumbs, and I was like, I guess I'll make some more one-sheeters. 
for players that there's no chance that we'll get. And Trent McDuffie was the very last one I made. And what do you know? We drafted Trent McDuffie. And I remember saying that night that this was like a coup for the Chiefs. Like, I could not believe we got a player of his caliber uh, at pick number 21 overall. And it's turning out to be the case. I mean, he right now, if you look at pro football focus numbers, he is the number two corner in the NFL right now. He's been absolutely outstanding. People just aren't throwing at him. He has three forced fumbles this year that leads the NFL. He's turning into one of the best corners and one of the best defensive backs in our league, and he's a Kansas City Chief, and he's only in his second year. That night in 2022, and another part of the dynamic here was the fact that there was a run on wide receivers. It just shoved all the corners down. We thought, we got a shot, we got a shot, and then we get him. But now we know we've got so much more than we thought we were going to have. We're going to go around the world, uh, but first – Let's check in with Double Deuce and why he wears that number is the way he'll close the segment and you'll want to listen to it. Here's Kansas City's and one of the top rated DBs right now in the entire NFL, Trent McDuffie. We knew it was going to be something good when we drafted him in the first round in 2022. We didn't know it'd be this good. And number 22 drafted in number 22. It's all about 22, Trent McDuffie. Mm -hmm. Great to have you with us. Appreciate y'all as always. And I want to ask you this kind of defensive research, not just with the Chiefs, but in the NFL. Defenses are kind of saying, hey, we're in this thing too. Yeah, yeah. No, it's huge. I mean, you see it all over the league right now. A lot of defenses stepping up. And as a defender, I love to see it. I mean, I feel like I always look back at, like, college tapes and watch college games on Saturday because that's usually all we can watch. I'd be watching like, dude, why are all these teams scoring so many points? Like, where (laughs) is the defense? Like, we need to get this defense going. So – um, it's been a great year so far, but definitely looking to keep stacking on what we've been doing. Mm-hmm. Well, speaking of college tape, you had the weekend off after the game Yo. on Thursday. What did you think of the Oregon-Washington game? Man, I loved it. <laughs> you know, it was one of them gritty games where it came down to defense, and you got to love games like that. I remember I texted Spags that. I was like, yo, this game is crazy. Like, it's going to come down to who makes the stop, who makes the stop. And fortunate enough, crowd got enough to where they missed the kick and boy i was so excited i was texting everybody i'm like i told y'all i told you this uw team is for real bucket list to go to that place that's one of the coolest places i've ever seen to go to a game you need to you tailgate out on the lake on on a yacht that's the first honestly my first game there i saw that because i you know you hear it but you don't really know what it's like until you're there and yeah they get down on that lake you got yachts you got people partying you got the music blaring so a fun environment it is that what's been fun is to see this defense and to look at the statistics of teams that have played six games taking mm-hmm. offensive points allowed take away the pick six and mm-hmm. the safety right mm-hmm. you're number one in the league number one in the league in offensive points allowed after six weeks what does that say to you and where this defense is and where it can go yeah um i think it just goes back to how this defense has acted after the super bowl you know and there's a lot of things that are like how is the Super Bowl team going to react? You know, you win the Super Bowl. What are you going to do this next year? And, man, over OTAs, over training camp, you just seen guys get straight back to work, get straight back to action, and you can feel this vibe that, like, yo, we got something special. You know, people, I think, people are starting to realize that. And the best part about it is nobody's changed. You know, nobody's thought different. Nobody's coming here and try to do anything different but get to work. And being around a group like that, man, it just makes it so much easier Go out there and practice, you know, when it's starting to get cold now, you know, you got to start putting the gloves on, start wearing the sweats. And it's like, okay, it's about to be long days, but we've done all the hard work. You know, we've worked so hard through training camp that now we get to go out here on Sundays. Like, let's just go show the world. Let's go out there, have fun, 
let loose and go play. And I feel like we've done a good job of just sticking together, you know, through all this adversity, through everything that's happened. This team is stick, stuck together, and I feel like that's huge for us. We talked a lot about the Fab Five last year, yeah, and you yeah. guys played a huge role in the Chiefs winning the Super Bowl. Of course, lost Nazi in training camp, mm -hmm. and he was having a great camp. We'll get him back next year. Yeah. But the four of you that are still out there playing and making yeah. huge contributions, you talked all through the summer about how much more comfortable you all felt. You could play fast, and now you're you're doing it. Mm -hmm. How much fun are you guys having as a unit? Man, we're having a blast. I mean <laughs> – it was just last Wednesday or Thursday. You got guys trying to talk about, yo, what, what dance are we doing in the end zone? Like, what are we going to do here? What are we going to do there? We need handshakes. So you got guys who are starting to think about that, you know, and trying to have fun on Sundays. Man, it makes it so much fun. Like, we are actually out there laughing, enjoying, talking jokes, you know, while playing a football game. Like, to me, that is so special. Anybody mess with you about having the almost walk-in pick six? Oh man, that's no. what you're gonna no. walk in. I with almost it. man, I that'll stick with me forever. That's for <laughs> sure. Don't know how they got that ball through, but they made a good play. But yeah, you know, still waiting for that first one. Oh, it's gonna happen. I'm telling you, you got the three four fumbles though. Three four fumbles yeah. this season. You know, I keep telling people, I'm like, you know what? Even if I don't have picks, as long as I'm making a game-changing play out there, like. I'll live with it. Like, I'm good. As long as we're getting that ball back to the offense, shoot, I don't care how I do it. Well, you're tied with the NFL lead. I think Javon Holland has three, and three. you have three. So, Man. yeah, it's got to get, get one on Sunday. Five. I'm telling you. I'm telling you. Maybe we get a few more out, and <laughs> we can start talking to Rod up there, talking about Peanut Tillman and stuff. So, yep. I feel like i got to do something <laughs> like that. Like, I have somebody who's in the room with the guy, like, I hope I'm getting the ball out. <laughs> I love it how you know the history of the game. Oh, yeah. Uh and a, a pick and a force fumble probably coming this week uh, against the Chargers. We talk about the versatility of this defense. Up front, guys that can play inside and outside, mm -hmm. right? You see mm -hmm. Mike Dana move. Linebackers now yeah. are mixing and matching. What about you guys on the back end and the fact that you can play outside but playing in the slot a lot? Man, I think it just gives so much more firepower to Spags. You know, he's able to put guys in different positions where we can run a lot of the same stuff. We can run a lot of different stuff. And – at the end of the day, it's all just trying to mess with the quarterback's head. You know, it's all trying to give him different looks so he's not easy just out there picking us off. Um, but I think it just shows how much guys really have stuck to it and learned this playbook. Like, it's not easy to go from one position to another. Like, techniques are different, plays are different, and it adds a little more load on you throughout the week to be able to know your job, know your assignment, and do it for multiple positions. And, I mean – you got guys all over the field, like you said, playing multiple positions, and I feel like that is just so cool to see. Like, sometimes I watch film like, oh, wait, why are you right there? Like, <laughs> dang, I forgot you were playing that position this week. And I don't know, it just adds, again, to just having more fun because you're able to do more. You're able to show your abilities more, and I think it's really working. When you're in the slot and Spags calls the corner blitz, what goes through your mind? Oh, man, every time, bro. I'm like, you are so lucky. Like, I know I blitz. <laughs> From the nickel, but teams are starting to pick up on it. So it's like when I'm blitz and they're looking at 2-2, like, oh, he might be coming. But a corner, that's hard to pick up now. You never expect a corner to come. So every time they get it, I'm like, all right, bro, I'm going to make sure they slide this line to me and, you know, <laughs> give you a nice pressure, but go get a sack. Every time I'm thinking is go get a sack. We'll close out this way with you, and thanks for being with us again. But the number 22 means so much to you. Yeah. You were 21 the first year, right? Mm -hmm. You went a Super Bowl in 21. Mm -hmm. But – one goes to Cleveland. Yeah. Walk us through what happened because I think it's an awesome story. Yeah, getting 22? Yeah. Yeah, man. So um, right after the Super Bowl, you know, Juan finally went to Cleveland. And I remember he was the first one and Beach. 
two for two people were the first two to text me right after he left. And Juan was like, hey, dog, good luck out there. Love playing with you, but you know the number's out there for you now. And I was like, oh, bet. Um, but it wasn't until Veach texted me. It was like, hey, man, 22 is available. It's yours. Just let me know. Like, I'm going to save it for a while. You just think about it. And let me know. And after that, I was like, man, that like I, I got to be 22. Like, when I first heard Juan was leaving, I was like, you know, I don't know. You know, maybe stay with 21. Like, maybe try to do something with that. You know, I know 22 is always there, but I don't know. 21 was like Super Bowl thing. So, you know, I was thinking about all these things. And then Beach texted me, and I was like, boom, another light. I was like, yep, that's that's it for me. So, texted Beach back like, hey, brother, appreciate you. I will be in 22. And the reason 22 is so special to you and the story of Washington yeah. when you went on your visit. Yeah. Um, man, 22 is my older brother's number for people who don't know. And he passed away a few years ago. So I'm always saying our family, the boys, the girls, everybody played sports. We had our own numbers. And going to Washington, never asked for 22. I think I asked for like four, seven, 24, you know, a bunch of random numbers. And got there, looked up. First day on campus, went to the locker room, and above my locker, it said Trent McDuffie, 22. Mm-hmm. And I remember just taking the picture, being like, wow. Like, didn't ask for this. This is my older brother's number. Like, this is a sign that he's not only watching over me, but I chose the right place. So took a picture, sent it to the fam, and the rest is history. It's amazing. Yeah. I still can't believe we got this guy. Mitch and I do our, our live stream on the first round of the draft every year. Mm-hmm. And we were going through all the names that made sense that would be like available in that yeah. range. And then when we traded up and got you, I looked at Mitch. I was like, I thought there was no shot. We were getting Trent <laughs> McDuffie. We're so glad that you're here, man. man you're, I'm glad I'm here too. You're helping uh, really make this defense one of the best in the NFL. And so. uh, looking forward to keeping it going. Yeah, man. Yep. Just trying to do my part. Y'all already know. <laughs> Y'all already know. It's coming. Pick. Force fumble, just get ready. Something. All right. An amazing human being, an amazing football player. Just, man, the more you get to be around him, you just realize how special he is. Yeah, he's awesome. Uh, If you want to build a great defense, it begins with foundational young players who can come in right away and play really good ball, but who are also outstanding leaders. And he is all of those things and more. He's awesome. We're so fortunate that he's going to be a chief for – a very long time and be one of the best corners in the NFL for a very long time. And he's on our team. And he's just as much of a nerd as you and I, because what he wants to do is he just watches video like football video. He wants to watch football games at all levels during COVID. He said, all I did was watch football games. I just watched, I want to see what everybody's doing and he studies it. So uh, a lot of that is uh, manifested on his play on the field. Now, you know who you are. This is most of the fans in the national football league around the world. What do we play fantasy football with? offense yeah you have really? a defensive and special teams segment, a little bit but it's like way down yeah. the list like and okay and if maybe you're in a sophisticated league they go a little more than that but defense is the other thing steve spagnola the chief defensive coordinator that drives him crazy is at training camp if there's a great offensive play the crowd just roars if there's a great defensive play they groan like oh it wasn't a great def- offensive play and it just drives him nuts so i instructed my grandkids this year to cheer for the defense like during a period like just cheer for them uh and just for spags but anyway that leads us into around the world because we know who you are you want to play fantasy football with offense no matter where you are in the world but let's just have this episode of what's going on out there because defense is making a pushback and traveled around the seven continents. You can tell we're fired up about this because we we're getting into around the world like 15 minutes into this podcast. <laughs> That's so, unbelievable. No, no, we're, we're excited. Uh, so we've got Shelly 
uh, is on Lackland Air Force Base in San Antonio. Uh, their neighbor is from Colorado, so they were particularly excited about last week's win. Kind of rub it in their face a little bit. Uh, we have a listener on the central coast of Northwest Australia. Yes. It's pretty cool. Yeah. Need to go there. Uh, we have a listener from Colorado Springs. They probably also enjoyed Thursday night's result. Hopefully they're enjoying next week's result against the Broncos. Uh, Jacob is from Harrisonville, Missouri originally, but now lives in San Diego. Uh, he says that there's a lot of Chiefs fans down there in San Diego. A lot of converted Charger fans who yeah. are upset that the Chargers went to L.A. Just telling you, it's it's a real thing. So what did they do? They adopted the Chiefs. We have more Chiefs fans in San Diego than ever. Now. Well, I think it was unfair. Like, I know San Diego and L.A. are close, but, I mean, it's still like an hour and a half away, right? Or if the traffic. No, on the five, yeah. it could be days away. Yeah. And the people that live in San Diego don't want to live in Los Angeles. So yeah. they're not just going to go up, hey, let's go up to L.A. to the game. They're like. No, we lost our team. So we'll take the Chiefs. Well, all, it's a real dynamic. All San Diegans, San Diegites, however they say it in Anchorman, they're San all welcoming <laughs> into the Chiefs' kingdom. Uh, lastly, we have uh, Tom is listening from Palmer, Alaska. Uh, been a Chiefs fan since the beginning. Tom even submitted a name for the team way back in 1963 or whatever year it was that they're trying to name the team. His suggestion was the Kansas City Steers. It's a good name. I actually think that was a that was actually thought of for a while. It was it was then they thought, nah, we'll move on from that. But yeah. He Kansas was in City Palmer, Stairs. Alaska when he did that? He lives in Palmer, Alaska now. Oh, he was in Kansas City at the yeah. time. Yeah, right. but now in Palmer, Alaska. Oof, okay. Yeah. Ellie and I are trying to go to Alaska in the off season. Phenomenal. Phenomenal. Yeah. The last frontier is uh, a great name for that awesome state got to see denali you can see it like yeah 200 got to hold my chief's kingdom flag in oh, front yeah. of denali you it's know terrific place <laughs> so we'll close it out this way because people are going god what's going on with the offense of the chiefs 19 to 8 over the broncos come on we started this episode by giving you the scores of the national football league when you when you and i were able to look back at the rest of the league because we really we can follow scores and we'll see highlights but we don't really get a chance until the bye week or you have that long weekend to absorb the whole league like fans do every week. But I'm looking around the league going, these games are almost all like this, the uh, Denver-Kansas City game. And that's kind of what led to the thesis of this uh, DTK. So for the offense, it's like, okay, the red zone's been up and down, 5-5 five five against Chicago, 0-4 against the Jets. Oh, wait a minute, 2-3 for three against the Vikings, and then what 1-5 for five against the Broncos. It's still right there for the Kansas City offense. Like, there's nothing wrong. It's that the league right now is making it difficult for offenses to score. How about Buffalo scoring 14 points against the Giants a couple nights ago? And it ago? took all they could do to do it. I mean, the Giants were at the one-yard line twice. They're crawling over broken glass to get the 14 <laughs> points. Yeah, I mean, it's around the league, but I think you're right. There's really not... A lot of cause for concern with the Chiefs offense, in my opinion, if you look at the numbers. So last week, uh, the Chiefs had 389 yards of total offense against the Broncos. Didn't feel like it because they only had 19 points, but the Chiefs had 11 drives in that game. Nine of them ended in Broncos territory. OK, the Chiefs right now have the lowest three and out percentage of any team in the NFL. They're producing big plays. Uh, we have 85 plays of 10 or more yards, second most in the NFL. And we have the fourth most yards in the NFL right now behind only Miami, Philadelphia, and Detroit. The red zone is the key. That is the answer. That's why we only had 19 points and not 35 points against Denver. Like you said, we were one for five in the red zone. And on the year, we're sitting at like 54% right now in the red zone. That's 17th in the NFL. Not very chief-like. Well, why am I not concerned? Well, a couple of plays can 
toss that percentage wildly, right? If a couple plays go the Chiefs' way against the Broncos, they're scoring 35 points in that game. Look at last year. This was the number two red zone offense in the NFL, scoring at a 69% rate. And like you said, just a few weeks ago, they were uh, nearly perfect against Minnesota in the red zone. This team can finish in the red zone, and when they do, with how the defense is playing right now, they're going to be very difficult to stop. I'd be a lot more concerned, though, if the offense was struggling to move the football. Like if the offense was going three and out, or even looking back at 2021 when the offense was turning the ball over a whole lot, that was kind of concerning. I'm not concerned about this because the offense is moving the ball up and down the field. The issue just has been red zone, and that is a fixable issue. If the offense wasn't moving the ball at all, that's where you wonder, is this fixable? This problem is fixable because the Kansas City Chiefs can finish in the red zone. They've just had a few hiccups here uh, over the last few weeks in that area. Top, to your point, the Chiefs are top four in the National Football League in fewest three and outs and in third down conversions. It's the red zone being 17th that gets your attention. Can I close this way? We're going to close this way. Something just gets on me about this. Okay. All right. The fact, and I'm really super proud of Patrick Mahomes because he reminds me of like the baseball player, like a Bob Gibson or a Kurt Schilling who who can start the game and finish the game, right? Yeah. The old pitchers that could do that, like you didn't have to bring in the closer. Like Roy Holiday. Yeah, him? yeah, Roy Holiday. You can – Patrick now can close the game in the fact that, okay, here's a stat that came out. Justin Herbert, good player, good player. Okay, no bulletin board material here. All right, he started his career with 52 straight games of 25 passing attempts or more. That was a National Football League record until week four when he had 24 and it was like – Ooh, the record stopped. So I go back and look, hmm, Patrick Mahomes, what did he do in his first 52 games? There were four that he had less than 24, and he was right at three were blowouts. And the other one was the game he got hurt in 2019 against Denver. Otherwise, he's got that record. Yeah. Like, you, people don't compare Patrick to other quarterbacks based on he set out the first year. You take his first years as a starter and look at it. Otherwise, the, the, these stats become convoluted. And, oh, wait a minute, he slides at the two-yard line, Matt, Twice. against the Jets. Twice. He has two of them. But, but he goes in against the Jets, it's 30-20. to 20. How's that look on the stat sheet? Oh, it's, it looks way better. Got to 30. No, he did the right thing on both of those occasions. Yeah, Pacheco could have scored against the uh, Jags, and we didn't. So the point is here, it's not that far away. And the fact that, hey, what's going on out there? Look at the defenses, maybe, instead of like, oh, gosh, these offenses are all trash. And one thing that you cannot quantify, with the exception of, I guess, wins and losses, Patrick Mahomes and the Chiefs find ways to win when maybe other teams don't. So if you look at the Jets game against the Eagles the other day, Coach Sala, I like Coach Sala a lot. He yeah. kind of fires me up. But Coach Sala was kind of going through the quarterbacks that the Jets had faced and beaten, right? We beat Josh Allen. We beat uh, Jalen Hurts. And we picked off Patrick Mahomes twice. Well, the difference was the Chiefs won that game, even though the Jets played really well against them, and that's fair. But Patrick Mahomes in that Jets game, when things were not going well, and the Jets defense was playing really well and had tons of momentum, third and 23, he scrambles for 25 yards. Third and eight in the red zone, he scrambles for nine yards and wins the game. He finds ways to win the football game. And think about even the Denver game last week. Denver scores that miraculous touchdown, makes a game of it. They're only down eight points. The Chiefs need to get a field goal. What do they do? Patrick Mahomes, like clockwork, leads the Chiefs down, and they get a field goal. It's not always about the stats and the numbers and the end, and that's ironic because that's what we love. But you cannot quantify what Patrick Mahomes has and what he does. He finds ways to win football games, no matter the circumstances. And that's why the Chiefs are going to be a contender and a Super Bowl favorite for the next 
15 years while he's our quarterback because whenever he is on the field, the Chiefs have a chance, no matter what has happened in the game. And you supplement that with maybe the best defense in the NFL. It's very exciting. Go to a search engine. Look at Patrick Mahomes' fourth quarter stats, not just this year, but throughout his career. And these games, the Chargers have been close. Three, three, eight in overtime, lost by six, three. Coach Reed has had four games in overtime since he's been the Chiefs coach against the Chargers. Herbert, good player. Yeah. But one thing he's got to do, he has 13 interceptions in the fourth quarter, down by one score or less. That's six more than any other quarterback in the league since he started in 2020. Let's, so get, what, let's get Trent one, right? Yeah, let's do that. <laughs> and a pick six. Yep. <laughs> so what's going on out there? Well, I don't know. Study the defenses, but don't just trash the offenses here. This takes a little more of an inside look. He's Matt McMullen, senior team reporter. I'm Mitch Holtis, voice of the Chiefs. And what's going on out there? Maybe nothing. 